0: Hello and welcome to Bibles, Bulldogs, and Beards. I'm Scott, your host, and today's a special episode. I had the opportunity to meet with Pastor Daryl George of Mechanicsville Baptist Church in Darlington, South Carolina, uh, over the last four days while I was down visiting my Parkinson's doctor, and so we put together an impromptu uh, podcast, so I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. I'll kind of focus on uh, um, the, why is the word of God authoritative? Yeah.
1: I appreciate being on your podcast, my first podcast, yeah. but
0: the thing awesome. is, good to have you.
1: We're in a day and age where authority across the board is being rejected. Right. And, and not only the authority of, of God and who God is, the authority of um, our police officers is going deeper. Authority of the parents, mm-hmm. authority of school teachers, the authority of. Um, we, we see it, and a rejection of authority is as old as time. So then, as. as Christians, we go back to authority, and part of um, our authority goes back to even starting with the Lord's prayers, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and Christians are to turn to God as the authority.
0: Do you feel that since in society as general, uh, the people don't look at the Bible as an authority in their lives, do you think that has lessened the way Christians look at the authoritativeness of of God's Word?
1: And there is one of the greatest trends of time, and of this age, is man has great thoughts of himself and his intellect, which leads only to small thoughts of God. And then that goes directly to authority. If I have great thoughts of me, And living life my way, well, that has a conflict with having great thoughts of God and living according to His way. Mm -hmm. And there is the conflict as old as time. And yes, that is getting
0: a greater divide as time goes forward. And of course, Christ tells us that uh, that we need to deny ourselves, right, and take up our cross and what follow ourselves no, follow Him, right. Uh, but people, uh, even Christians, you know, sometimes don't want to do that. And do you think that's because of the breakdown of the authority that they hold in their lives? Or do you think there's something else in culture that might be causing that? Or... Yeah. I'll stop I, I there. Think, I'm not uh, going to ask you five questions yeah, at once. <laughs> I
1: think it's uh, a problem of sin and temptation. Right. And then... The flesh and man's spirit desires to do things their way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's called sin. Right. And there's this temptation to sin, and there's God's authority of saying this is the appropriate. And so the temptation is there, and the devil's involved. And man has to make a choice. Mm-hmm. So the the question of authority goes back to who actually is ahead of our lives. Is he Lord or not? So many Christians now, watch this, goes deep. They want Jesus as a savior, but they don't live as Jesus as Lord. Right. So here is the heart problem of mankind. He must be Lord and Savior.
0: Now how do we, how do Christians uh, I mean, that's not something that uh, when you're saved, you know immediately. How how do Christians know um, that the Word of God is an authority in their life, unless they're in a good Bible-preaching church?
1: Right. Well, praise be to God that God is in control. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus even said that no one comes to the Son unless the Father draws him. Right. So the Father has drawn us to the Son. And Jesus says, um, you must be born again. He's taught to Spirit. He says, I give you my Spirit. So God has given us what we need. He has drawn us to the Son. He regenerates. <laughs> he restores us. He gives us His Spirit. Mm-hmm. And He gives us a spiritual hunger. And every time I've seen that conversion, I've seen people hungry to know God. And there it is. I want to know him. And there's the great beauty of the scriptures. They are given by God to draw us to the Son, to instruct us in righteousness, and to be an authority and a stableness in our lives. And then when that struggle comes of my way or God's way, we can see the authority of what God's way is, to know him and his way.
0: To know him yes. and his ways. Right. That, uh, how, why do you think sometimes that uh, you see a Christian once uh, they've been saved, they're really on fire mm-hmm. uh, for God, but then you see that hunger that they have for the Word of God sometimes weighing mm-hmm. yeah. down just a little bit? What do you think, besides mm-hmm. oh, obviously it's sin, probably that key anything? Anything that keeps you from the Word of God, I, I would call sin if it keeps you away. But uh, do you think the um, do you think churches are teaching the Word of God in a manner that is that would cause people to be hungry, continually come back and learn more and more and more about Christ? I think that um,
1: the soul, the person, and the distractions of the world take a toll. Mm-hmm. And there's peaks and valleys in every Christian's life. Right. Uh, whether you are a brand new believer or you are the pastor of the church, there's peaks and valleys, and God is so good. And, and one thing upon His Spirit he leads us, he guides us, he restores us, he revives us. And there are gonna be valleys. Right. And, and there will be distractions and there will be illness and there will be struggles. But through all this, you know, I praise God for his authority, he will keep us on track if we will subject our life to his lordship. And see, in, in the scriptures that we've talked about just before you came, you know, the goal is, is to know. Him there's the scriptures. To know him in spirit and truth, but then to know the power of his resurrection. And that's to have that new life in Christ. So there's the key is we start on that path. But we continue. And that's why it's so important where, where Jesus said through his word, do not forsake the assembly of believers. And yes, there are many wonderful churches Bible-believing, Bible-preaching churches so that people can stay on the path of God's will, the narrow path, Jesus
0: said. Um, a lot of times when non-Christians, uh, when you witness to a non-Christian and they say that the Bible has no authority, you know, they just point back and say that the Bible is an ancient book written Thousands of years ago, and it doesn't matter in a day like today. What would you say to somebody like that?
1: Well? And and there goes the uh, timeless question of um, How did God reveal himself? And God in his wisdom chose Starting with Moses and all the way through the ages To have the collection of his word which we call the Bible the 66th books of the Bible, which the canon brought together, the canonization, by the power of God, the authority of God, to bring the Bible together. So here I am, through time, can sit and see from the very beginning God created the heavens and earth. To how God called Abraham, how God moved in David's life, how God moved and gave his only begotten son, how God moved and created the church. How God moved in the epistles for the organization of the church. How God moved the prophecies so we could see the future and see the prophecies that have come true. So ultimately, God's in control. And what you can do, even so many times, you have someone who is skeptical of the Bible until they read the Bible right. and study the Bible. Right. And, and I've had skeptics come and the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and they get involved with the Bible and all of a sudden that person without faith becomes a person of faith the person without the authority of God comes under his authority and that's the beauty of God is in control so I would say to the skeptic have you studied have you read do you have a desire if you dislike something that you don't know okay what's what's taking you there why not spend time to know and why not open your thoughts to know god through his work so all of a sudden we turn to him and god is a miracle maker
0: yes he is and it's it, it's strange how i guess they say um good minds work work alike or something along that lines but anyway that this the scripture that you quoted popped right into my head when you were talking about that. And um, as you explained and you answered that question, fantastic, but you referred back to scripture and back to scripture. Yes. And that's one of the things that uh, we should do because it has authority. Mm-hmm. Um, but we recognize that full authority. But to someone who doesn't recognize the authority, that's, uh, sometimes they uh, come back with, well, you're using circle reasoning. You're, you're, you're saying I should believe the Bible because the Bible tells me I should. So um, people nowadays, they want physical, uh, something they can see, something they can touch, uh, tangible evidence right. of why the Bible is uh, has authority or should have authority in their life. Well, so, How would you answer someone that says you're using circle reasoning?
1: So, in my life personally, I was the rebellious child who had a taste of Scripture and chose their own path. Right. Doing all the wrong things. Uh, a life that was uh, many things I regret, many sinful choices taken. And I saw where that led me. But when I was at the bottom of the road and feeling hopeless, God brought me home. Mm -hmm. So there's more than just the authority of the scriptures on my life. There's the effectiveness of the scriptures on my life. And this is what people need. I can tell you my life before Christ. And people know it. My high school people, um, they thought for certain I'd be in jail by now. Mm -hmm. And should have been. But there was a life-changing experience. You see, this is something you can't. When you look at many Christians, lives rebuked. Right. Something happened. They had a life-changing experience. See, the Bible to me was more than the authority. It was a power that gave me life. Abundant life. Gave me joy. Changed me. Right. You see, a changed heart is a powerful testimony. Yes. And that's what God gives us. He gives us more Yes, he gave us his word. He gave us his will to know him, to know what he wants. But he also gives us a changed life. I see so many people discouraged and depressed. And I can tell them there is a God that will help you through. And when he helps you through, you will come to know him dearer than ever before. Mm -hmm. A God that changes lives. So I have a testimony. That's in agreement with the scriptures that God is amazing. And interesting enough, when I came to know the Lord, I didn't know a lot of his word. Mm-hmm. But I was hungry. So begin the right. hungry.
0: Right.
1: Hunger for scripture. Hunger to know him. But then he gave conviction. And all of a sudden, there's an inward conviction that man couldn't do. But God did. And that brought about repentance. So these things I used to find joy in... The sins of the world I knew were wrong and God took me away from that and then I found a greater joy, an expressible joy, the Bible says, and a higher call. So I can tell you even more importantly through life's experiences, the more I turn to God and his Lordship, the more blessed my life has been. And that's something that I pray everyone has that experience, to know him. Know the power of his resurrection. That God is amazing. Amen. And and this, God is good. So I say, yes, I I see the skeptic. But one thing you cannot refute is how many lives have been changed in Christ. Exactly. And what God has
0: given them. That's true. So the best thing when someone, the best thing to bring up when someone's trying to, uh, Disagree with you, I guess is the yes. best way to, to say it. Is your own personal testimony the way God has changed your life, and that's something they can't. But now they can't argue with, they can't dispute and if there is, actually was a change in your life.
1: But this is why it's so important to be real. Mm-hmm. I just wrote a sermon. One of the key points is to be real in an unreal world. When people see Christians with an outward testimony of God is powerful in their life. But then they see them living like the world. They say they're not real. Mm-hmm. And this is why the importance of the authority of scriptures over God's church. That people will see Christians and say this is real. That one's the real deal. They're not perfect because who they are. Right. They're not even saying they're perfect. But they're saying they have God who has done of things in their life. And I think that's one of the reasons the skeptics are often misled by those Christians who are not professing Christians, but not real. Right. They're not living the real deal. Mm-hmm. And they're not under God's authority.
0: Right.
1: And, and yet that's a great distraction. But when the skeptics get around someone who's full of God's love and His kindness and His peace, a lot of times people will say in life, they may not agree with my theology, but the peace that I have, they want some. Right. They want to know where that comes from that hope, that joy. And, and that's something that we have to
0: offer. And that's something that's so needed, in especially in America. Right now, people are peace, distressed. Exactly. Peace, comfort, and hope. Yes. I, I feel a sense of there's a sense of hopelessness. in the country now with all this these things going on but keeping with the theme of uh, authority Mm -hmm. I've been to a lot of churches that uh, when you go in they recite creeds and confessions of faith and Mm -hmm. statements of faith Um, do you or or your church hold to um, say creeds or hold to a confession or a statement Mm -hmm. of faith
1: most denominations have a statement of faith. Right. And there are creeds. Mm-hmm. By pastoring over 20 years now, I've even know those statements of faith change. Right. And, and there's the question for everyone, and we've talked about this, where people say, oh, you're a Baptist. And I say, no, I'm not. Hey, wait a minute, you're a pastor for a Baptist church. I'm like, oh, you mean where do I tend and where I serve is a Baptist church? And I'm so thankful I'm at a church that holds the scriptures as the authority. But watch this. I don't put my authority on the creeds or the statements. And some are very good. They're very good. Mm -hmm. Some aren't, some...
0: Right, some are, some aren't.
1: But this is what it comes down to. Are they biblically based statements? Because if we're not careful, denominations are changing. Statements can change, creeds can change, but his word does not change. So for me, what are you? Are you a Baptist? No, I tend and I'm thankful. But I am a Christian. And a Christian is someone whose faith in Christ. I am in Christ. My hope is in Christ. My eternity is secure in Christ. So and in Christ, He's given me the scriptures as a steady. The world is changing. But his word is secure. And that's very important. Um, thought for today's person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Our laws are changing. Right. The world is changing. What was right 20 years ago is not right today. But great thoughts of man's ways are changing things. Great thoughts. God's way
0: keeps us on track. So in a world of change, where it changes constantly, yeah. and with a 24-hour news cycle, where where you hear of events around the world, and yeah. things are constantly changing, we have something that we can stand on yeah. that never changes and, and will never change. And the
1: interesting thing is, in God's Word, it prophesies about exactly what we're going through. Mm-hmm about the changing of time. It's prophesied about the pandemics and epidemics that will come our way. It talked about the warfare. It talked about the hearts of men would grow cold. It talked about Christianity. There will be sections of it that go astray and um, have itchy ear preachers that preach man's way and not God's way. So even in the scriptures, we see God revealed this will happen. But you, therefore, stay true to the course.
0: I just had a question pop in my head, and I don't, I don't know why. Maybe God wanted me to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite, or do you have a favorite scripture? So, I know all scripture is important, but a lot of times people have what they call like a life yeah. scripture.
1: So, yeah. my my life scripture going all the way back from Jeremiah. I know the plans I have for you. Thus says the Lord, a plan's about hope and a future. And when I came to God and gave my life to Christ, that scripture was, ah, oh, I have a plan. But through the years, there are seasons of life that different scriptures take a strong hold. Um, the one this year that I've been working on and preaching on is in Philippians 10. And, and it's sets a goal. Mm -hmm. and January new goal January here we go and and for this year it's exciting me and that goal is that I may know Him all I want to do is know Him as He is and and pray that God will reveal who He is I want to know Him and I believe as Christians God is so big and our thoughts are nowhere in comparison we've got so much to learn but not only to know him, to know the power of his resurrection. And that is that changed life that we talk about. To know the commonality of his sufferings. Be conformed. The Bible says, the fellowship of his suffering. Christ suffered. When we suffered, he understands. But the sufferings that he went through did not change. His purpose or who he is. It did not lead him down the bad path. He turned to the Father and said, Nevertheless, thy will be done. And the last part of that verse is to be conformed now to his death. And Christ steps with this: Thy will be done. And there we are as Christians.
0: So Christ suffered led and died. And, and he did that in total obedience to and the scriptures. Yes. Um, and his father's word, of course. But why? Because he has gotten the flesh. Now I'm questioning you. Oh. But I know why. Because yeah, there's I'm a sinner to, like I, me. I'm supposed to be asking the but now I changed it. We've been friends you too have, long. You have a habit of doing that. Yeah, now watch this.
1: Why? is because there was a sinner named Daryl George. And for no one else, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God has a plan of redemption. And when I came to Christ, someone asked me, right before, in your opinion,
0: what do you understand it takes to go to
1: heaven why would you tell god you belong there and i responded well i'm a pretty good person i'm trying to be a good person and the second i said that to my friend i knew i was doomed and i knew my sin and my guilt my shame and then my friend looked at me and says there's only one sin that'll keep you from heaven and boy, I was scared what he was going to say next. Because I'm pretty sure I did that one. And he said to me, Only that sin is the rejection of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You must turn to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And that's when I knew why. Christ died on the cross that I could personally experience salvation that I can personally experience what it means I don't have to live a life of guilt and shame I can live a life of forgiveness I can live a life of grace where God has given me faith I am not under the curse of the law I have been forgiven and now he's given me his spirit so I can live according to the law to the best of my ability And God will empower me to be real. So for me, it's more what coming to Christ was him drawing me. And through that, I was convicted of
0: sin. With that, if there's someone listening that has never uh, experienced something like that, and they feel God may be calling them. Yes. To himself unto himself right. what advice would you give yeah. to them what would you tell someone yeah. that uh, has never heard the gospel before right. maybe and they've heard it now yes. and they need to respond they need to either reject it yeah. or they need to receive it
1: here's the deal Should no choice it? is always a choice mm-hmm. okay right so The choice that God gave us, and He gave us free will. Mm -hmm. And with that, the Bible says, to believe. And I ask people often, do you believe that Jesus is God? Oh, yes. Do you believe He died on the cross for your sins? You know the Easter story. Yes. Do you believe He rose from the grave? Yes. Now I want to ask you another thing. Have you come to that point in your life where you have asked Him to forgive your sins and you have confessed your sin and turned to Him and asked Him to be your Lord and Savior and given Him authority in your life? See, that's what Lordship is. Mm-hmm. And now people don't like that. No, I want to be a Christian, but I want to live for Him. Mm-hmm. Well, they go hand in hand.
0: Right. You can't have one without the
1: other. And I'm not saying you're going to be a perfect person, because I'm not.
0: Mm -hmm. But I'm
1: telling you, God is amazing. And he has, for I know the plans I have for you. And And that's a great plan. We're not
0: perfect, and we won't be, be, as long as we walk in this earth. But we have a savior that is.
1: Yes, and so back to your question. What would I tell them to do? And here's the end. We need to be in. And I'm not even saying a denomination. I'm saying go to a Bible-believing church. Right. Where the Word of
0: God is preached. With an expository pastor that goes through scripture by scripture. Because that's how, how can you tell if it's a Bible-believing church when you just go in for one, uh, can you tell uh, just by visiting one time? Or do you need to go several times and listen to what's being said and listen to... But a new Christian,
1: how how can a a new Christian... So I use these terms that most people don't know. But there's topical preachers, there's expositors. And and as you know personally, about 80-90% of my sermons are expository. I go through the scriptures. and, And what an expositor wants to do is let the Word of God speak. So we are in the scriptures. I personally have an outline so you see and you go home with the scriptures I'm preaching on. Right. So if you have any questions, it's right in front of you. Gotcha. But now, sometimes like Christmas time or Easter, I'll be topical, mm-hmm. I'll preach on a, a topic of, of Christ and the sayings from the cross. Right. Uh, but even there, it's going to the scriptures.
0: Even there, everything is based on scripture yes. itself. It's so there not...
1: is the key, um, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, how can they hear unless someone preaches? Right. How beautiful are the feet of the one that preaches the word of God? And now I'm bringing those scriptures quickly together as one. But so, what's most important? And I'll say this: is not the denomination, is not the personality or charisma of the preacher. Right. And everyone has their own personal trace they like and don't like. But what's most important is a pastor that preaches the gospel. And that's feeding the soul.
0: Yes. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much. Pastor George, could you tell? I know where they can find an expository pastor.
1: Yes, move to Mechanicsville. Go
0: to Mechanicsville, do South to Carolina. Give, do you want to give the address and service times in case we, there might be someone local uh, that's yeah. looking for a good Bible-based church? We are can Mechanicsville
1: Baptist, Baptist Church on Caswell Ferry Road yes. in Mechanicsville, but it's Darlington, Darlington right. County. South Carolina.
0: And all NASCAR and fans know exactly where Darlington. They know
1: a lot of them know where the right. speedway is. We're down the road about a few miles. But you know, come and join us. We have a ten thirty service on Sunday morning and on Wednesday night at six thirty. Okay. And you're welcome to come. We are on Facebook Live on those same services. So even join those us. that aren't
0: local, they can join you on Facebook Live yes. and do you have a YouTube? Channel as well. It goes on I know you YouTube from there for
1: further.
0: Yeah. Uh, if you need to find the uh, YouTube channel for Mechanicsville Baptist Church, all you have to do is go to BibleBulldog.com and you can find that right there. You can listen to his sermons. Yes. Uh, right there on the website. So, uh, well, thanks again. God bless you, Pastor. Thank you. And it was a pleasure being with you again. Yes. It's been a long time since I've uh, been able to see you, and hopefully not so long. Yeah. Uh, for the next visit
1: yeah and and now what I'm, wor- I'm pray for me and him yes i'm praying that he leaves his home takes his wife sells it and moves to Mechanicsville. right then he can be at church every sunday with me now that would be cool okay. have a great day
0: and also pray for him because i've been trying to get him to grow a beard for years and he got me out of wearing a tie. I used to wear a tie to church. So he got saved from the tie. I got saved from the tie. Now he needs to get saved from from a clean save in the face. faith. So <laughs> we had Thanks fun. Again. God bless. Okay.